Hey everyone, I'm Paul Wicker along with Anya and Josh from AdStage. Today is August 24th, 2018, and these are your top six PPC headlines from this week. And I hope you missed me because this is my first week back for a few weeks after Josh and Anya have been holding it down. So hello if you've missed my voice, and if you haven't, you should have. So the first story we have today is hopping right into Facebook, cutting more options uh, in terms of targeting options. So Josh, why don't you tell us what Facebook did? Absolutely, and it's great to have you back, Paul. So Facebook cuts 5,000 targeting options. So advertisers will no longer be able to include terms including Passover, evangelicalism, Native American culture, Islamic culture, and Buddhism. And the targeting options will be unavailable for new campaigns starting soon, September 4th. And for campaigns that are already in flight, access will end October 1st. I just want you to try to say evangelicalism five times fast. That is not an easy word. It's not. Uh, so they're cutting these as some examples and a ton more. And Facebook like, does this a bunch, right? They have a bunch of targeting options. People complain, say it might be uh, somewhat nefarious the way that they're doing targeting and they remove them. So it's not, not too surprising they remove these given everything that's happening. Yeah, absolutely. And not to leave Anya out. Anya, how do you think this is going to impact our advertisers? Well, it's definitely not good news for advertisers, but um, this is not the first time Facebook actually has removed categories from its exclusion targeting options because um, those options are usually used for exclusion. So if you want to um, keep certain people from seeing your ads, you would normally use these categories. And so if you guys remember in 2016, um, ProRepublica report actually exposed how Facebook targeting tools could be used to exclude Black, Hispanic, and Asian Americans from seeing housing ads. So uh, I think it's just another addition to these changes. But I'm sure there are workarounds for advertisers. Like, of course, you can use custom audiences, which I think what Facebook is trying to push. Um, yeah, Josh, uh, Paul, what do you guys think? What, what would advertisers do in this scenario? Well... I think there are workarounds. I think you're right about that. And advertisers will figure it out. So, you know, if you're trying to exclude Hispanic audiences, for example, I'm Hispanic. So if you don't want to advertise to me, you know, they're not, Facebook's not going to let you, ex, you know, exclude that. But I might be listening to, I don't know, some artists like, who knows, or watching Telemundo or something like that. Right. So, I think we're getting super racist. <laughs> on this podcast so uh you know th there were some recommendations you could exclude like telemundo as an interest or like hispanic artists but i mean so the way to not be racist on facebook is to be more racist on facebook yeah you yeah you can't not target hispanic folks so now just be uh make super generalizations about people with hispanic names well, that's terrible. Um, right. I think for advertisers, it's just another um, thing that will push them to actually store data on their customers and include those in custom audiences. Um, if you're in retail, you probably should have your email list. If you don't have an email list, you should probably build an email list. So that's what tr Facebook, I think, is trying to push. And I maybe yeah. to, to tie it all up with a, a bit of good news around this. So Facebook is launching a certification tool so that uh, if you're doing housing, employment, or like credit monitoring, and your advertisers doing those types of things in the U.S., you have to certify you're in compliance with Facebook's policy so that, you know, uh, you're not discriminating. Basically, sorry, you have to certify you're in compliance with Facebook's non-discrimination policy. So hopefully that clears up a lot of this discriminatory targeting behavior so nobody needs to work around. Yeah. I just hope I know when the next Ricky Martin CD comes out. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. What do we have uh, from Google? 
All right, Google created a fake brand to test out YouTube ads. So they created this fake brand called um, Dr. Fork, and then um, <laughs> they made like 33 ads and run them on YouTube. Um, they had like 20 million impressions and tested out a bunch of things that previously uh, were sort of considered marketing axioms, like don't show people chewing and looking at the camera. So um, are we going to start seeing more ads of people chewing and looking at the camera? What do I, you think? I hope not. That sounds kind of gross, uh, chewing food while you're in, in an ad. But first, who at Google's like, I have a good, na a good name for a pizza place, Dr. Fork. It's like a weird band. But uh, I thought it was clever. You know, YouTube's out here trying to prove how to get better results from your food-based advertising. Apparently, one of the researchers uh, was from Brigham Young. And he was somebody who, like does this for a living. He like studies how to advertise food. And they learned a bunch of stuff. Uh, number one, uh, if you have immersive full, sens full sensory experiences, you're going to get better recall. So you have to make people think of like eating and drinking and tasting by using audio, visual, text, everything you could think of. Um, number two, separate visual input from text. If you do that, you'll increase recall and favorability. Uh, number three, explicit instructions to imagine increases both what explicit instruction to imagine <laughs> like they tell you to imagine things like, hey, imagine you're eating this pizza. All right. So do that. Tell people to imagine. I mean, it makes sense when they like crack a Coca-Cola and it fizzes and they're like, um, you're on a tropical island. So refreshed. They like tell you to imagine stuff. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess the, the simpler you go, the better it is for recall. So just like be as instructive as possible. My favorite one is bite and smile is not the only way to show a pleasurable food experience. <laughs> That's And clearly like that was the rules in food advertising apparently is that, oh, you need the bite and smile shot where someone takes a bite or takes a sip and then looks at the camera and smiles. And they're trying to break that, you know, break food markers from that. Um, anything else in the study? Well, they say that younger audiences responded better to first-person perspectives um, compared mm. to older audiences. That's weird. Maybe it's just, mm. you know, they're all Snapchat storying all the time. So anything that looks like a Snapchat story works better. Probably. Um, cool. Well, food. If you're out there advertising food, we've given you some good tips from Google. And if you tried to order pizza from Dr. Fork and it never showed up, <laughs> now you know why. <laughs> all right. Uh, what, I think we have some more from Facebook, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's Facebook heavy as ever, our um, show. What's up next, Paul? Well, Facebook news has been pretty big. So their Q2 stunk. Uh, stock dipped 19%. Uh, it was the biggest stock drop for Facebook, I think, in their history. And a lot of people are saying, you know, there's no more inventory on Facebook. But the good news is they bought Instagram. I think it was a billion bucks, best billion they ever spent. Because Instagram is doing really well. Uh, and in fact, we just did a benchmark report. And, you know, Josh, you... Not only did a great video that people can go watch, but uh, you got hit up for a quote from Marketing Land. So didn't you have one or two, uh, or at least one thing to share about the benchmark report so we don't sound like we're plugging it too hard? Yeah, absolutely. So we are seeing real data confirm what everybody's talking about here. So we do see advertiser spend shift from the newsfeed and other Facebook native placements over to Instagram. So from Q1 to Q2, we've seen a lot of you know, a lot better performance on Instagram or advertisers seeing better performance and you know, the money goes where the performance is happening. So nice. Uh, a few other things um, from Facebook too is didn't they just, they're hiring a new CMO. So Facebook announced 
they're gonna... just hired the new right. CMO who I think comes straight from HP. So they're they're trying to up their game a little bit uh, on the management scene. Some people say Zuck's trying to do too much stuff. Um, so that's another just Facebook tidbit I threw in there out of nowhere. Um, right, but you guys, um, actually both Paul and Josh were on Marketing Land. So um, head over to Marketing Land, check out that article on Instagram and Facebook and go to AdSage to download the report, another plug. Nice. Uh, all right, next, Instagram sponsored content. What's up with this one, Anya? Well, this one is really cool. So uh, posting Instagram sponsored content is now the new summer job. So if you guys are like me and you had a summer job in college or high school. Wait, something... what, what was your summer job? My oh, summer job? Yeah. Uh, I think it was something around selling um, orange juice or strawberries or babysitting or one of the like the normal jobs because apparently kids today are making money on Instagram and making more money than I was making selling orange juice. Josh, what were your high or summer jobs? Yeah, I grew up working in the country on farms, so I was doing a lot of uh, baling hay and, and that type of stuff, getting dirty. Wow, not, that... not, not making money on Instagram, that's for sure. Right. I scooped ice cream at the boardwalk. Just want to put that out there. I also moved lumber one summer. They were building a house on the beach and they needed to move lumber from the side of the road, like 200 feet across the sand. I'm a very scrawny guy. So you can imagine as a kid, I moved that lumber very slowly. It was a long job. I certainly did not get paid because I had followers on Instagram and I could talk about some crappy corporate products. But man, that's a great way to make money if you're a kid right now. Right. And the fees around $5 to 20 per post. Um, so sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Nice. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the next story, Josh, you're going to talk about this one really surprised me because we did some Google AMP stuff. And I'm yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we switched. I think we switched our blog over to AMP for a, for a while if it's not still on AMP. But Chartbeat, the, only, the title is only a third of Google AMP publishers see traffic boost. So that's a pretty small amount. So the Daily Beast ran an A-B test where it randomly published articles in AMP and non-AMP formats. And the AMP articles just didn't do as well. Which is crazy. I mean, I guess because I was drinking the Google Kool-Aid on this and like they were, AMP is amazing. You got to do AMP. We did make our blog AMP. That's before we went to HubSpot. So we use HubSpot now. So our blog's on HubSpot. It's not an AMP blog, I don't think right now. Yeah, I think HubSpot has their own version of like mobile friendly pages, which is not AMP. It's kind of like AMP. But yeah, I do remember we switched to AMP and we were like, yeah, traffic, let's go. But looks like it's not performing as well as people thought. Hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder, yeah. I want to go look at ours now. <laughs> but anyway, I was, I was very surprised at this. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense because it really varies by publisher. I don't think they had like consistent data to make conclusive judgments. Um, my recommendation is, um, I guess, if you are advertising on Google, it still makes sense to use mobile-friendly pages like AMP. Uh, if you think about the recent changes on mobile speed scorecard and how now it's part of the quality score. So um, I still do recommend using AMP at least for your landing pages if you run ads. Nice. Uh, last story we have is Netflix. Uh, Josh, what is happening with Netflix? Yeah, so Netflix is experimenting with ads. So this is huge and everybody's freaking out. You know, fortunately, they're only promos for their own shows, at least right now. So when you're, you know, binge watching your Netflix show and, you know, you're at the end of one and you're about to watch the next one, ad Netflix will insert an ad for some other show that they're promoting. 
That's, it's funny because like that's the binge effect on Netflix is that like that is when it's most powerful when the show ends and you're like, okay, I'm going to bed or I'm not watching another episode of this thing. And then a counter starts doing like six, five, four. And your brain's like, turn it off, Paul, turn it off. <laughs> and next thing you know, like the intro music for House of Cards starts and you're like, I'm in, I'm in for another hour. And it's interesting. They're going to put something in that you know experience that is so powerful it's like the most addictive point of netflix and everybody's calling it ads but it's really just promos for their own shows but you can see how they're laying a foundation if they did want to put ads there but i would seriously say like i wonder how many people watch like five times more netflix because of that instant kind of autoplay into the next netflix show Right. I mean, no one is complaining about ads in the movie theater and we still we still see those promos at the beginning of every movie. So maybe it's something like that or maybe the experts are right and Netflix is going to monetize further. Who knows? You have not been to the movies with my mother. She hates the ads. She's like, they put ads in movies now. I don't know why my mom is an old Jewish lady suddenly. uh, That my mom just still does not understand that there's ads in movie theaters. And I'm like, Ma, this has been happening for like 10 years. This is not new. Um, Those are all the headlines for this week. Uh, If you want more, you can always head over to blog.adstage.io. It's our non-amp blog, but it still loads pretty fast and looks good. So go ahead and sign up so you can get this week in ad tech in your newsletter every week. So that is all we got. Enjoy your week.